Well, again, I want to say thank you on behalf of our church and everyone who attends here for each of the women who are here today. Thank you for the way that you have shaped us, directed us, molded us, kept us alive at sometimes all the ways that uh, your impact has, has blessed us. And yet often as a mom, it doesn't feel that way. It just feels like, you know, you're cranking through seemingly meaningless details or thankless work. And yet today we're going to look at how uh, we can affirm you and how God maybe wants to affirm you for the things you've done. When you think about yourself or maybe think about your mom sitting around the, the dinner table together or, or hanging out in memories of the past, what's kind of one of those phrases your mom's known for? Like immediately you think of your mom, you think of this phrase. So maybe it's like every time you call on the phone or they come to the house, they say, hey, sit down, tell me about your day. What's going on? Your mom was a really good listener and she could just draw out of you the things in your heart. Or maybe your mom was a good, a good affirmer. She just had a willy of, here's some things I've seen in you. Here's some things I appreciate about you and I noticed about you. Maybe your mom was a teacher, always saying things like, did you brush your teeth yet? Okay, now don't forget to clean your room. I know, don't forget to clean out your ears. Like, clean out your ears. That's a weird thing that moms used to say. What are those things? Is it maybe she was a good, a good chef or she served through, through serving? She loved through serving. Do you want a second helping with that? What else can I get for you? Anything you need? Or maybe your mom's phrase spoke to different character qualities. I know as a family, we'd always go down to Gatlinburg, Tennessee together about 15 years ago and and my wife would suddenly, you know, perk up, look across the car, across, you know, Sierra and Javen and, 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 and I, and be like, oh, wow, the discount store. We'd all turn, head, swivel over, and the place was actually called, oh, wow, the discount store. <laughs> and so that's become part of our family vernacular. So every time we go on a family trip, we go on a little treasure hunt to find the local thrift stores to see if we can find something good. Well, there's a phrase that became very, very famous for moms. It comes from Jesus' mom, Mary. When the angel appears to her, she says, let it be unto me. In one sense, it's what every mom did, because when you decided to become a mom, decided to enter into motherhood, uh, you were saying, hey, I don't know exactly what the next 40 years of my life's going to entail. I don't know exactly the unknown motherhood's going to introduce into me, but let it be unto me. And because of that decision, we have been blessed, we have been encouraged, and we have been affirmed. If you remember the story, the angel has appeared to Mary. She's just said, hey, I can't be pregnant. I'm a virgin. And he says, well, with God, it's not impossible. Say, well, listen, I don't fully understand it. I don't really know what all that entails, but I'm going to surrender to it. Let it be unto me, just as you have said, according to your word. It's saying, hey, God, I trust you. I trust you know best. I don't understand what, exactly what's going to happen, but I'm going to enter into this journey with you. And that's what motherhood is. Think of all the change that came to Mary. Think of all the change that came to your wife or, or your sister when you saw them become a mom. It was like everything changed, right? Their body literally changed. Their body did things you didn't think were possible, that they didn't think were possible, right? They're, let it be done unto me as I got pregnant. And, and let it be done unto me emotionally with all the hormones that just swirled in and through your body during that time. Let it be unto me. I heard somebody say one time that becoming a mother is understanding that your heart is now permanently tied to the heart of your children. So when they're grieving, you're grieving. When they're not happy, you're sad. 
When they're not making good decisions, you can't help but worry. But boy, when they are flourishing, you're flourishing. Let it be unto me, even though my heart is now tied to somebody else. And certainly true spiritually. For Mary, she said, let it be unto me in all these changes, emotionally and spiritually and and vocationally and sociologically, because she's pregnant as a teenager out of wedlock and all the pressure it's going to bring come her way. But I want to look at three aspects of motherhood that we can affirm in Mary and affirm in you as well. The first one is what I want to call the leap of motherhood, because Mary's taking this leap into motherhood as a a young teenage girl. And she's going to meet up with a a relative of hers named Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth is also taking a leap into motherhood from the other end. She's been barren for many, many years. She's given up even the chance of having kids. And God has told Elizabeth that she's going to have a child at an old age, and Mary, she's going to have a child at a young age. And they are both stepping into God's plan because Elizabeth's giving birth to John the Baptist, who's going to trailblaze for Jesus, and Mary's giving birth to Jesus, who's going to kind of bring in the main message. They both take the leap. And so Mary arose, and she comes from the hill country, and she ends up in the city where she meets up with Elizabeth in Judah. And when she arrives there, she greeted Elizabeth. They've just recently both found out that they're pregnant. Now, do you remember when you first found out you were pregnant? Or do you remember when, you know, maybe it was your, your sister found out she was pregnant or, or, or the news came your way and, and somebody you knew talked about that and just what a surprise it was? You see, I remember when we found out that we were having our first child. I was 22, 23 at the time, had married for two years, and of all the things that I thought my wife was going to say that day, this was not one of them. Can I tell you that? So she walks up, kind of snuggles up next to me and says, I have news. And I'm scrambling through what this could be. And I thought, is there a new sci-fi coming out I don't know about? I mean, these are things going through my head. And she says, we're pregnant. It was like a sitcom. I mean, like, I I was excited about being a dad one day, just not this day. I was excited about being a dad in a couple of years after we got the house figured out and all that. I'm like, I am in shock and awe. And I don't know anything about pregnancy tests. It's just not come up at this point in my life. So I'm like, are you sure? Maybe you should check again. Check again. So she goes and gets another test, you know, comes up positive, whatever it means. Yeah, we're pregnant. How accurate are those things? They got to go to the doctor. So I send her to the doctor. The doctor's like, we give the same test you get at Walgreens. So sure enough, we were pregnant. So Beth still teases me that I, I made her take three tests. And, and then we were like, on oh, this incredible journey, the leap of motherhood together. And then I remember months later, right, that moment when you go into the doctor's office and they, and they put that little goo on, on her tummy. And, and, and your wife begins to say, she comes home from shopping. She's like, it's really weird. Like strangers keep coming up to me wanting to rub the Buddha belly. Right? Did you have this? Like, why do people do that? But she's like, now they're putting a little goo on there and they're putting the ultrasound on. And man, you get to see, that's my daughter. That's my son. And you see that little bitty heart beating in there, right? I mean, we're just in the first Welcome trimester. Welcome voiceover. Voiceover wow. speaks descriptions of... <laughs> wow. That's a first right there. I was going to say the sound of the heart. It didn't sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> you hear the sound and the sound of that heartbeat's like, it's like this really high pitched thing. Like, wow, what is that? That little heartbeat is going. It's just amazing. And, and at that moment, you're like, wow, we, we're on this journey together. 
the leap of motherhood. You're seeing, and, and, and you're like, oh, look, he's kicking. She's like, oh, I know it's been kicking. And, oh, I've been stepping on my sciatic. And all these things you didn't know about that suddenly you find out about when you take the leap. And two things happen here. When Mary and Elizabeth come to, to meet up, the first thing is that the leap of motherhood is this incredible connection with God. Because when she says hi to Mary, and Elizabeth says hi back, next slide, um, it says that at that moment that she greeted him, it happened that Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary and the babe leaped in her womb. It was like in some way the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary, Elizabeth and the baby in her womb and he knows he's in proximity with Jesus, the Son of God, the one he's planned to be a trailblazer for. And he leaps, he jumps at that moment. And Elizabeth gets filled with God's Spirit. She just has a sense that we're on the right track and we're going the right place. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. She's connected to God through this leap of motherhood. And how many of us have said, boy, when I, when I was going through the process of having a baby, something amazing happened. I got to understand God's love. I'm holding that child for the first time. This child's done nothing but take away my sleep for the last six weeks and make me change dirty diapers. But I never knew I could love something so much. And we began to understand God's unconditional love for us. When we didn't necessarily do all the right things and if anything brought a bunch of hassle into his life. And then there's that day that your wife gives birth and, and you're in that and it's miraculous. It's just miraculous. And you're part of this miraculous thing and you can't believe the world's still spinning that day because what has just happened, you've got to be part of this, this supernatural event. And you have this connection with God and something supernatural that, that happened this moment. That's what, that's what parenthood and motherhood does. More than that, the leap of motherhood doesn't just connect you to this, 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 uh, this connection to God, but it also kind of shapes your purpose. You see, this leap that happens in here really confirms what God had told Elizabeth's husband. After years of barrenness, he said, listen, your wife's going to get pregnant, and she's going to bear a son, and that son's got an incredible purpose. And from, from inside the womb, I have a plan for him from the very beginning of his conception on that he is going to have a plan. And here's the plan. It's going to bring joy to you. It's going to bring joy to your wife, fill you with gladness. For he is going to, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And that phrase may not mean a lot to you. That's the last prophecy of the Older Testament written 400 years ago. And the last word God said John is going to be part of bringing in or ushering a brand new plan. And this greeting, this moment suddenly stirs up. The thing we talked about, the thing we said we we're going to do, it's all going into motion right now. God is using you to do something amazing. I was talking to a, a grandmother recently, a couple months ago, and she'd been going through a bit of a dry time, kind of a difficult time, some troubling circumstances, some medical reports she didn't really like. In the midst of all of that, she talked about how her daughter is about to have a daughter. And in the midst of her kind of dryness, in the midst of her kind of you know, discouragement that she's going through, she's suddenly struck being invited into her daughter's leap of motherhood that her next year, next 10 years, she has a new purpose. She wants to encourage her daughter the way her mother encouraged her, maybe babysit for her daughter the way her mom babysat for her, to encourage her daughter with all the uncertainties of, of, of being a mom that her mother had affirmed her in, that she gets to invest in and build a relationship with this child to come. 
And suddenly the, 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 the leap of motherhood gave her a brand new shape to what her next decade's gonna look like and how to make her next decade her best decade. The leap of motherhood. But it's more than that, it's not just a leap, it's also a gift, the gift of motherhood. A lot of us, our moms were really good at affirming us, calling out what was good in us. They were able to speak blessing into us and they were able to talk to us in a way that made us just feel so affirmed and so built up. That's exactly what you see. The words from Elizabeth to Mary are just so powerful. She, she uses the word blessed over and over and over again. She says, Mary, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me? Wow, I'm so humbled that the mother of my Lord would come to me today. For indeed, as soon as your voice of greeting sounded, I got to tell you, the babe leaped in my womb. Blessed are you for believing. When this was tough, you're fulfilling the word of the Lord. There's a couple things going on here that I think are worth noting. One, we often need other people to call out the gifts that are in us. It is sometimes hard in your own life to see that. And yet that's what we see here. When Elizabeth speaks, she's able to be the other person that calls out or sees the gifts or calling that's in us. She's able to do. Next slide. N notice here in the verse how he does it. You're the mother of the Lord. The only person who's told her she's the mother of the Lord is the angel who told her and told Joseph. She's probably saying, what does that mean? Did I eat something weird the night before? I mean, all the uncertainty, right? And now she's being shunned for being a pregnant teenager in her town. But now, all of a sudden, somebody else is saying, listen, what God told you is true. I recognize you're the mother of my Lord. Somebody else speaking out loud, you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing, you're part of a bigger plan. And then she kind of has an additional miracle to say, and I got a confirmation, the minute you got here, my baby jumped and he's supposed to prepare the way for your baby. There's just this really cool thing going on here, these two women encouraging each other, affirming each other, calling out the gifts and calling of one another. Well, the second thing is we need other people to affirm our decision to believe when we're facing tough decisions, especially the difficult ones. She said, blessed are you for believing. Now here's what's interesting. The word blessed comes from a Greek word. You see it there at the bottom of the screen. It's the word eulogio. It's where we get the word eulogy, which is kind of interesting. Why would the word blessed mean eulogy? Well, as a staff, as a church, we've got this big traditional podium we pull up here, and we do a lot of funerals in this room over the last 13 years. And at a funeral, there's always a eulogy, and what happens at a eulogy except that somebody comes up here and tells everybody, everything you did right. And it's amazing to see 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds affirming all the little things their mothers and their grandmothers and their sisters and their aunts did. two-year-olds, 10-year-olds up there with family talking about the ways in which all those little things that seem thankless, seem like they didn't matter, seem like nobody noticed. And at a funeral, they get eulogized, they get spoken over, the gift of, man, that was a gift to me. Man, that meant a lot to me. Man, that made a difference to me. 
I often think to myself, I wish the moms could be here to hear that. And I would encourage you this Mother's Day to eulogize, to bless your mom, to notice the things they've done right, the things that made a difference, the things that have shaped you, the things that have directed you, to eulogize over them, to bless them. And also to thank your mom. Maybe there are moments you're going through a difficult decision and your mom was able to say, hey, keep believing, keep trusting, don't give up on this. There's something to see here and I want you to know that there's something I want to bring out of you, right? Blessed are you. In fact, Elizabeth says, blessed are you for believing, for keep trusting during this difficult decision because it's a fulfillment of things God's promised he's going to do for years. We had this couple we used to play uh, racquetball with when we were in our 20s up in Chicago and Stephen and his wife Carol were going through a real challenging time medically. Just married, this medical condition meant they may or may not even have kids and they were struggling. Is God good? Is this appropriate? How do we trust? And so Stephen and I would be you know, hitting the racquetball back and forth and just talking about how to support his wife, how to pray for his wife, how to, how to kind of process his own emotions and be strong for her and blah, blah, blah. And we're just I'm trying to encourage him during that time. And my wife was just speaking words of encouragement and affirmation and to keep believing and keep trusting to Carol. Well, they eventually got the medical report back and they, she had a, a tumor on her ovaries. And I'll never forget this phrase. It's been 25 years, maybe more. The doctor said the tumor they removed was the size of a small volleyball. And I'll never forget that. And yet they recovered and then they prayed, you know, are we going to have family? Are we going to have kids? And, you know, 25 years later, they've got a massive family and they've trusted God. But I still remember the way they affirmed one another. And I remember the uncertainty and the challenge. We need other people to build into us when it's just tough trying to figure out parenthood and motherhood. My wife now, one thing she does is she's on several Facebook groups with uh, special needs moms. A lot of moms who've just found out that they've got a child who's blind or a child who has autism and they're just had their, their whole world is rocked like ours was 13 years ago. She says like, hey, I was talking to a mom today. What was the name of that thing? Or what's the name of that call? What's the name of that resource? And, and just finding ways to, to speak and say, hey, keep trusting, keep believing. Here's some things that will help, help direct you. In fact, one of my favorite stories is when we adopted Quinn. I said, he's going to be 13 this June. I can't even believe it. And, and it was amazing because I was across the, the hall, and it's a different kind of a parenthood, right, or motherhood. There's birth parents, and there's stepmothers, and there's, there's adoptive mothers, and all these different beautiful landscapes of God's work that are so blessed. And, and Quinn is, is born, and, and, and he's in our house, and, you know, three days after he's born, and, and we find out two, two months later he's blind, and we find out two years later he has autism and just all the commotion, and yet we're just so in love with this little guy and feel called to, to be his parents. Well, six months later, we're having the, the adoption ceremony, the legal one. So we go downtown to Hamilton County, and I got to tell you, I've never been in Hamilton County's courthouse, I'm happy to say. But it's a little intimidating, like, whoa, oh my goodness, I've never been in here, but this is probably where people go to prison or jail, like, oh, wow, you're, you're checking your pockets and you're laying out, making sure you have any weapons and all that, Then you go into the room and it's, it's like, you know, it's not quite Matlock or Perry Mason, it's like serious. And here comes the judge, right, with his gown, he looks very serious, and, and even Javen and Sierra were there, we're all like, whoa, this is, this is a big deal. And so as we kind of step up to the big courthouse and there's the judge, and my wife's like, hey, I recognize him. You've been here before? 
No, he's our neighbor. Our neighbor, and I'm kind of looking at this judge, this big, intimidating, the, the rule of law guy. And he's our neighbor. But I barely recognize him because we only saw the neighbor like once a year at Halloween because he's when we trick-or-treat at his house. And every year he was dressed up like a clown with big clown shoes and a big clown nose. And so every time we came to his house, he'd be like, hey, guys, come on up. He'd get down on one knee. He'd bring out the candy, let people honk his nose. And he'd give candy on him like, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, the tension in the room, no longer was this the all-powerful rule of law. This was like Bozo the neighbor, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, just the, the gavel fell and... Quinn Roginski became Quinn Jackson because his birth mother's name is Jackie, so he's Jackie's son, Jackson, Quinn Jackson Hoven. And in that moment, I just got such an incredible picture of God. Because some religions teach that God is the all-powerful lawgiver, so you kind of keep your distance, don't make that guy mad, the transcendent God. But the God of the Bible is transcendent, but he's also imminent. He's the neighbor. He, he stepped into history through Mary's womb, to be near us, to draw the children near to him, to promise that you and I could be adopted into his family, that you could be his. It's the blessing or the eulogy that he wants to speak good words over you. It's the leap of motherhood, with that little bitty picture in that sonogram they print out for you when, uh, when you're getting your ultrasound. It's the gift of motherhood, but then lastly, it's the impact of motherhood. And sometimes when you're just starting out as a mom, or actually a lot of the time as a mom, you just don't feel like you're having much of an impact. It just feels like a lot of work and a lot of thankless work at that. You can't see the incremental growth or impact you're having. Reminds me, I don't know if you had this at your house, but right along the doorway at our house, we had a, a yardstick. Maybe you didn't have yours. Ours was in the kitchen growing up, and then our kids, with my kids, a little different location. And so every six months, we would do the, how tall are you? How tall are you? And as a kid, I remember, because, you know, there's some years you're not grown at all. Oh, man, so, so, you know, so went up this far. And my brother, he's kind of grown a little bit. He's younger than me. He went up a whole inch. I grew faster than you did. And my sister, <laughs> the line never moved. Never moved for like a decade. She's like, and so she'd be like crying, you know, I stink at growing. And older brothers were like, yeah, you do, you know, because we're terrible people. Well, then she hits puberty, and boom, she's like 5'11". She gets full scholarships in volleyball. She eventually didn't stink at growing. But, you know, sometimes you don't see the impact or the growth you're having because you're too close to it. If you've got grandkids that are maybe are, you don't see it, but every three months or six months, you're like, wow, you've grown. Wow, you're big. Wow, have you noticed, right? You can see kind of from the outside what's happening. The same thing's true of motherhood. That God wants to let you know he sees that what seems like insignificant little things are a big deal. And God wants to show you the impact of motherhood to kind of zoom in and say, these seemingly little details, they matter. In fact, that's the first thing we see in what Mary, what Mary begins to sing. She sings this song, and the, the song she sings shows how God wants to magnify the seemingly small decisions we make, the seemingly forgotten things that God's been writing down and God is using. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. He has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. I'm a nobody. 
from nowhere. And I'm being shunned by my community for being pregnant. I almost got divorced. These are not great circumstances. And yet, look how thankful she is. Look how much belief she has. She says, and yet, God, you're telling me that there are going to be generations are going to call me blessed. My little insignificant little life, there's going to be people 2,000 years later in Cincinnati, wherever that is, America, wherever that is, talking about me and the great things you have done through me? No way. And God might want to say to you that the things that you think don't matter, the seemingly little details that just seem so thankless, God says, I want to magnify that and show you. I'm going to use that to affect generations. I want to use that to do great things through you. I'm going to use that to shape lives and hearts in a way that you couldn't even imagine. And as God magnifies the importance of what you're doing, God also wants to magnify himself. Not that he gets bigger, but our perspective on him changes and we begin to see him for who he is. Look, she says, my soul magnified the Lord. I got to see how loving he is. I got to see how comforting he is when I went through a time of grief. I got to see how strong he is when I leaned in on him. And my soul rejoiced itself. I refilled myself with joy as I began to see the impact of motherhood, the impact of my life, the way in which he was using me in my life. I was reading an interview recently about Julia Roberts. If you remember, she did all these rom-coms, you know, Pretty Woman, and then a whole bunch of ones after that. And they were asking, like, when's when's the last time you've done a rom-com and what's your next project? She said, well, for the last 18 years, I've had a different calling. She has some twins 18 years ago, and she said, for the last 18 years, my primary purpose has been to shape, direct, love, and invest in, in these kids. So I'm more than open to another big project, but being months away from my husband and months away from my kids, I got to weigh that against this, this higher calling I have. My husband's schedule and my schedule, and I want to be there to carpool the kids and ask them how the game went and encourage them with what happened and find out what's going on inside their hearts. I'm open to other projects, but this stuff really matters. You think in a culture obsessed with fame and Hollywood, that someone with quite a resume would say, yeah, that's not quite as important as what I'm doing here. How about this Mother's Day, we thank our moms. Thank them for the way they may have said what Mary said, let it be unto me. Maybe you want to thank your moms for, for the gift that they took the leap. You just want to say thank you for shaping my life and allowing me to be shaped within you and by you. Maybe you want to say, Mom, thank you for saying let it be because you've been such a gift. You've encouraged me. You've affirmed me. And Mom, I want to affirm you and notice what you've done the way you've noticed who I could become. Or maybe... Your mom's been waiting two decades for you to text or for you to call and say, Mom, I noticed all those things you did. I remember when I was first in my 20s, I had my first phone call with the insurance company talking about health bills. And I remember my mom just on the phone. I'm like, what's going on? I'm talking about insurance. Why is mom upset about insurance? (laughs) Then I got a phone call with the insurance company. I'm like, I called my mom up. Mom, I get it now. Thank you. Thank you, Mom, for all those calls. Thank you for all that stuff you did. I didn't get it at the time. I noticed. 
Maybe you want to thank your mom. Magnify what she's done in your life and magnify the way she encouraged you to magnify God to shape the faith you have, the faith you're developing, the interests you're coming back to, whatever it is. Moms shape our world. I was uh, looking a couple uh, months ago and I saw that Paul McCartney for Mother's Day a couple years ago put up a picture of his mom. It's Paul McCartney's mom. Her name's Mary. I think Mary knows that she was shaping a young artist, somebody who would change the world and be in a group called the Beatles, probably not. But in saying to the world, really, Happy Mother's Day, he wanted to tell the story of his mom. His mom is probably most famous for the same phrase that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is famous. Let it be unto me. Because Paul McCartney, as the Beatles were exploding and doing incredibly well and they're having success after success, as with much success comes tension and comes disagreement and artistic challenges and who gets more credit, etc. And all that tension was beginning to build up in the Beatles. And one night as he was just distressed over it, he had a dream. His mother had passed away years ago, but his mother came to him in a dream, his mother Mary. And she said to him like she used to say when he was a little kid, Paul, Paul, I know you're tense. I know you're worried about who's right and who's wrong. Just let it be. Just let it be. Let's calm down. Let's relax. And he said those words of wisdom from his mom years after she'd passed away helped settle him, helped him become a more forgiving person, more gracious person, allowed the Beatles to go from this kind of turning point of their careers, almost you know, breaking up to suddenly being realigned, simply by the words of his mother saying, let it be. So maybe hear this song for the first time. As the words of a, a young man, who turned into an older man, but still needed his mom to tell him when not to worry, when to think about things differently, and when, when he faced uncertainty, he might need to just let it be. It's amazing all the different roles moms have played in our life. It's not one role. It's like a hundred roles. So when they said, let it be unto me, little did they know that they would be our counselor, our teacher, and a thousand other things. Let's end by thinking about all the different roles mothers have played for us, how sweet it has been to be loved by them. Let's pray together. Father, when you came to earth, you told us that a mother's love is your kind of love. You looked out at Jerusalem about to go through a tough time, and you said, like a mother hen longs to gather her chicks under her wing, so I long to care and protect you. Thank you for loving us well and learning what love is through our moms. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you all next week.